Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Is Joe Biden truly running in 2024? Is it really time to tear down the Constitution and completely start over? Well, it's a Deep Dive Thursday, and we are going to get into it right here on Critical Thinking. So Andrew Coppins has decided that uh, he's going to be sitting out for the rest of the week. So you get me, Pat Oney, um, for t- today and tomorrow as well. So I will be filling in for him for the rest of the week, riding solo. Um, please support me over at The Pat Oney Show and all the social media channels. Um, you can also follow Andrew over at The Coppins Show as well. Um, he's just recovering from his knee surgery and... Just wasn't quite up to getting back in the saddle in terms of, well, hosting a daily show. So uh, here I am. Um, we're going to get into um, some things with from the State of the Union last night, or at least not the State of the Union itself, but uh, what what some some comments are in terms of the what it means for the 2024 election cycle. Um, we're also going to get into this question that that uh, Andrew sent me earlier this week um, from someone that he found on Twitter, and is is it time to tear down the Constitution and completely start over? And I'm I'm going to go through that in the second half here of the show of if we were to actually tear down the Constitution, what would that look like if we were to rebuild? How much of the of the initial Constitution would we keep right now? So I'm going to do my best to to explore that. Um, in here in just a little bit. Um, of course, we will also do, since Andrew is not here today, I will also do a featured story from the Babylon Bee. Um, and so we'll get into that here in just a little bit as well. Um, but here I am. You have me for the rest of the week. Um, please follow us on all the social media channels. Again, I'm at the Pounding Show. He's at the uh, at the Coppin Show. Um, you can tweet at us, send us DMs, things like that. If you have questions, comments, um, if you have some thoughts about the show that you would like to share, um, we would, we would be more than happy to, um, share them on the podcast, um, as, as they are applicable, um, to the things that we discuss. In any case, I want to get into the 2024 election cycle and kind of pull from the state of the union that happened, um, well, two nights ago now, um, and <clears throat> I, I saw yesterday on on social media from from Buck Sexton. Um, it was actually over on Facebook. Um, he said last night should be a wake up call. Biden is running, and he will be a formidable and he will be formidable because of the Dem machine propping him up. The GOP better get its shit together, or else Biden will win. And no matter what, twenty twenty four is going to be a very close election. 
There are things about this statement that I agree with. There are things that I disagree with. First of all, I don't know that Joe Biden is going to be the presidential nominee in 2024. Uh, it, it doesn't seem to be in the cards, despite Joe Biden might be thinking it is. I, I'm not sure. However, I could make the case for Joe Biden in 2024. I really can't. Why? Well, is Kamala Harris really likable? If you were to remove Joe Biden from office right now, are you really getting a better deal? Now, Andrew and I would at least say from a mental health capacity standpoint that that is true, but she's going to be just as, if not more so, incompetent than, than Joe Biden is. And that's saying something from someone that is supposedly mentally sound. And then you have other potential candidates, like I've heard Gavin Newsom's name thrown around a few times. With all the stuff that that has happened with him in the last few years and with COVID, I'm not sure that he would be the smart candidate to run. No, I'm not saying that he will never run for president. I'm not saying that they will not try to prop him up at some point to become president of the United States. I think 2024 is too soon. Um, That being said, I think he could run maybe in the 2028 cycle. And the reason why I say that is because then you've put some distance between him and the COVID years and voters tend to have a very short-term memory. And apparently that's especially true in California. Um, case in point, Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein. Um, <clears throat> so I, I agree in the sense of, yes, Biden could run in 2024. And if he does run... Will he be formidable? Yes, because of his handlers, because of the Dem prop machine that that is holding him up, really, literally speaking. I don't, I don't see this. I mean, if you if you watch the State of the Union, then I mean, he he came out almost immediately with a gaffe, and he said some very incoherent things within that State of the Union speech. And especially when it came to, I, I remember watching a clip on China. It's on my Twitter page, by the way. Um, it was pretty incoherent. It, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. I don't know that voters are going to put up, especially independent voters, are going to put up with another term of Joe Biden. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't see it happening. And considering... His um, approval rating right now, um, this is from 538, uh, is at 42.9%. And 538 is more left-leaning than not. So realistically, he's probably three to five points lower than that in reality. So I, I, I I don't see that being something that he could overcome. Now, could this completely change in the next year or two? Before the twenty, right before the twenty twenty four election cycle, yes, I, I would argue yes, in the sense of if Donald Trump becomes the nominee in twenty twenty four, are we going to see similar results that we saw in the twenty twenty election? And by that I mean, are we going to see hate voting? Because that the twenty twenty election, despite it being stolen, and to to preface this again, because we have had to talk about this before yes the election was stolen it's just not stolen in the way that most people think it was stolen in 
It was stolen many months before the election, with, with states being allowed to change their election laws um, and doing the mail-in voting, not mail-out voting, and um, just all the issues that have gone on with, with, with those kinds of things. And being able to truly have trust in, in, the, in these election cycles, and especially in certain key states. So are you going to have the same thing play out in 2024? Well, in terms of electioneering and stuff like that, potentially, I don't think it's going to matter who runs there in terms of that. I think, I think that will be something that will be attempted again. However, people voted for Joe Biden because they simply hated Donald Trump that much. It wasn't because they liked Joe Biden. I mean, for Pete's sakes, 538 has him at a 42.9% approval rating right now. So you can't tell me that Joe Biden is a popular president. He is not. He is not. So on the other hand, though, who do the Democrats have currently that could run outside of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? I, I don't think Gavin Newsom is a better choice. I don't. Now, it, it all comes down to, especially with elections, how do you market a candidate? Could they market someone like a Gavin Newsom in, in such a way that he would gain popularity? Maybe, but I, I don't see it happening. I think it's still too close to the COVID years, especially since we are just really coming out of the pandemic. Um, I, I don't see that being a thing. Um, so... Uh, the GOP better get its shit together or else Biden will win. That I actually do agree with. I do believe the GOP needs to get its crap together. What we have seen in in recent weeks to recent years is that the GOP just really screwing over the American people, making all sorts of promises and then not delivering on them. And then until you had the whole uh, speaker race debacle with Kevin McCarthy and people like Chip Roy uh, holding him accountable and, and holding out votes for him, um, to to get him to make some concessions was was brilliant. Um, however, I don't trust Kevin, people like Kevin McCarthy. I I could see him very easily doing something within a few months that is going to be very contrary to the promises that were made that put him in there as speaker. So. Um, the GOP needs to have more of a united front because the one the one thing I can honestly say about Democrats, at least generally speaking, generally speaking, is that they have a fairly unified front. They are able to coalesce around a candidate. That's what they did in 2020. I mean, Bernie Sanders was really lead, uh, leading the charge in those primaries until people started dropping out and started coalescing around Joe Biden. It's not that they didn't want the policies of Bernie Sanders. It's just that Bernie Sanders would often say the quiet part out loud in terms of what the Democratic Party really wants. So they're able to coalesce around people to, um, full, I would argue, full voters, especially independent voters, into to coming out and voting for, for Joe, um, which is ultimately, I think, partially what, what happened. Um, was it the winning result? No, but it, it did happen to a point anyway. So, um, 
the the GOP needs to to coalesce. They need to actually represent the principles and values that they claim to represent. Otherwise, they really aren't any better than the other party. They aren't. So they do need to get their crap together. Um, they need to find candidates that they can coalesce around. If, if I'm the GOP, you don't go back to Donald Trump, by the way. You just don't. Yes, is Donald Trump going to be a contender in the primaries? Absolutely, he's going to. He has a fairly large base still. He is a power player. However, if you want to coalesce and and um, bring forth a better candidate that is Donald Trump-like in terms of policy, but just isn't a jerk, especially on Twitter, um, you might go for someone like a Ron DeSantis. That would be the smart thing to do. Now, Ron DeSantis hasn't entered the race yet. And as I said on yesterday's show, the pri- first primary is still about a year away. Like, Ron DeSantis does not have to announce right now. And there is always the possibility he just doesn't get into the race. There is that possibility. I, I don't think that that's true. I think I think he definitely will run. But maybe you, you start coalescing around someone like Ron DeSantis because that way you're appeasing the MAGA forever crowd in terms of policy. But then you're also appeasing the more independent crowd and the more of the middle of the road type of crowd with Ron DeSantis just not being a jerk like Donald Trump. And with all these classified document scandals and stuff going on, it just may not be a smart move for them in, in the long run. Um, because if, if they can actually prove that, hey, he was holding on to classified documents that he did not declassify before leaving office, then that, that's a problem. That, that's going to be a problem. So, and he should be held accountable for those things if, if it's true. Okay. Not because people want it to be true if it's actually true. So I, I don't know. And plus, going back to Joe Biden for just a second, you've got the whole doc, classified document scandal going on with him. The question is going to be is how much are people going to care? How much are they going to care about the, the classified document scandal? How much are they going to care about all the crap that Hunter Biden has been involved in. That That is the question that, that remains to be seen. And if I go back to the 2022 election, people are upset with the current guard, right? That That's what the polls said. However, generally speaking, they voted in all the same people. So if, if, if the lesson should be learned from the 2022 election, that if you are going to win 2024 you have to coalesce you have to unite you also have to put up candidates by the way that people like and feel like they can at least trust or at least attempt to trust because guys like Mehmet Oz um, Blake Masters people clearly don't trust them they would much rather have the old guard or the current guard because it's the devil they know versus the devil they don't. And I can speak from experience as someone that, that has been a member of the GOP, um, even though I don't necessarily vote GOP anymore. 
I have been disappointed time and time again. I have major trust issues, even with the GOP. So you have to you have to put up candidates that people can trust, that people are going to like. Ron DeSantis, considering how handedly he won Florida in, in the 2022 midterms, um, is someone that people are going to like. It's someone, he's going to have a, a national market. He is probably, currently, the only one that could truly challenge Donald Trump in a primary election. Who wins out of the two? I don't know. But it's it's kind of like what the Joker said in The Dark Knight. You, you, you break the, the stick, throw it down in the middle of the room, and it's like, we're going to have tryouts. That's what we need to let Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump do. Provided when Don or Ron DeSantis actually enters into the 2024 presidential race. Um, and then Buck said at the very end of this, and no matter what, 2024 is going to be a very close election. That depends on what happens between now and the 2024 election. Um, is there a major, are we able to prove that there was a major scandal with the um, Joe Biden administration and Joe Biden having classified documents? Is there anything else that comes out about Hunter Biden? Is there anything else that comes out that, that ties this administration to China in any way? Or to Russia, for that matter. Um, is there anything that comes out? Um, because if, if in, unless there's something major, yes, it, it in theory could be close. Could be. Um, especially with the Dem machine and, and the media, by the way. I don't think you can forget about the media here. The media will prop Joe Biden up as much as they humanly possibly can, regardless of who the GOP nominee is. They will do that. They will prop him up. They will gaslight. They will promote, 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 promote. And there will be, unfortunately, there will be many people out there that will fall for it, that will not critically think through what they're being told and, and do the investigative research themselves and ultimately fall for it again. That will happen. Um, but that it, it really depends on can the Dem machine continue to prop up Joe Biden? which I'm not sure they can, uh, especially as we continue to see the mental decline. Um, and what is the media going to do? Now, if they can successfully do this, yes, I, Joe Biden will be the nominee again. And it could, in theory, be a close election. But it all depends on what happens. It really also comes down to what happens with Joe Biden himself at the end of the day. Um it could be a landslide victory for the GOP, though, depending on what happens as well. But we all kind of thought that going into the 2022 election, and boy, how wrong were we. It was a very sobering and very clarifying moment when it came to that, that particular election cycle. Um, but we will see what happens when it comes to um, Joe Biden running again. Um, and if, if the Dem machine decides that they can't prop him up, Kamala is probably your nominee. And if Kamala is the nominee, then yeah, I could see it being a landslide victory for, for the GOP. Again, I, th I kind of thought that if Joe Biden became the nominee, that whoever was running for, well, if Donald Trump was running for re-election, that, that you know, he would win that by a landslide. And I was wrong on that too. So it really kind of depends on what happens. It really does. I don't trust polls. Um, I, I, I think polls right now are, are way too early. 
Um, I the only poll that I I semi trust right now is Donald Trump or Donald Trump, excuse me, is Joe Biden's approval rating. I don't think that he is the popular president that some people on the left or the Never Trump movement would like to make him out to be. He's not. He's not popular. So, I it it really just kind of comes down to. Despite that that approval rating, can they prop him up? And is it politically expedient for them to do so? Because I've always said they will they will dump Joe Biden as soon as it, he is politi- as that becomes politically expedient. So far, it hasn't for one reason or another. So um, time time will tell who's right and who's wrong on this. But I I just don't see. I don't see Joe Biden at the end of the day. I, I don't even know if he'll finish out the year here. I don't know. So it's all going to come down to politics, though. It, with with his mental health decline, I didn't know that he would make it through his first year, but now we're going into his third year here, and he's still president. So I guess we'll find out. We'll find out, and time will tell who was right. All right, so. Let's get into the uh, Babylon Bee featured article for today. Um, and since Andrew is out, I still get uh, his winnings um, for the entire year at this point. Um, and um, since he's missing a third consecutive day tomorrow, I will be getting all of his winnings for next month as well. Um, you know, since I'm having to do all this extra legwork and fill in for him, it's, it is my compensation. So any of Dominic Gizzo's money that we win... I get so um, that that will be be a thing Um, so today's headline 12 rich people tell us their number one investment 12 rich people tell us their number one investment oh boy Uh, investing your money is tough when your savings account can't even keep up with inflation how are you supposed to avoid uh, abject poverty Fear no more, lower class, lower to middle class folks. Drawing on wisdom from 12 wealthy investors, we uncovered strategies to help everyday people protect their wealth in times of uncertainty and inflation. Try out these solid inflation-proof investments recommended by the 1%. 1. Nancy Pelosi, insider trading in Congress. 2. Bill Gates, all the farmland. He owns it all now. It's probably nothing to worry about. Three, Vladimir Zelensky, World War III. Four, Mark Zuckerberg. The hope that everyone on Earth wants to strap a VR headset on their faces all day. Five, Elon Musk. Babies, children are our future. Six, Madonna. Babies, their stem cells keep looking young and attractive. 7. Joe Biden, world's largest collection of original art by Hunter Biden. (laughs) 8. Jeff Bezos, an underground volcano layer. (laughs) Smaug, I am fire. I am death. Tom Cruise, aircraft carrier full of fighter jets. 11, Richard Branson, more failed business ventures. And then 12, Donald Trump, donations to his re-election campaign. It'll be the greatest comeback in human history. 
Um, and then a note from the Babylon Bee, which is not satire. With Joe Biden in office, digital currencies are on the risk of sky inflation and growing global tensions. The U.S. dollar could plunge into decline. Now is the time to protect your money. Investing in precious metals such as gold and silver may be an ideal solution. These are safe haven assets, are not only durable and predictable investments, but as as, but also offer long-term protection from market volatility. Precious metals have been used for centuries to store value and maintain wealth. Now is the time to make sure that your portfolio is diversified by incorporating them in your retirement strategy. Don't become another victim of bad economic policy and decisions. Take control back over your own financial future. Look, folks, I, I, I read this uh, not because I was asked to or anything like that. Um, because they, they actually do have a link here um, to, to look into investing into precious metals. I'm, I'm not necessarily advertising their their sponsor here or anything like that. I, I mention this because we, we've talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks um, in terms of the dollar and what's going on with global currency, um, the World Economic Forum, think all those things that are happening. It's It's a really smart move to start thinking about your investment portfolio, what you can do to better diversify yourself and to protect you and your family's future. I'm doing the same thing right now. I'm doing my homework. I'm doing my research and and figuring out the best moves for me and my family. So I I highly recommend this. You you don't want to be to fall victim um, to further inflation and bad economic policy and what could end up at some point in, in time being something that is like a Great Depression, only probably bigger than what we saw back in the 1920s, 30s, and early 40s. Um, so something to consider um, and, and just, just be prepared um, is all I'm saying. Um, think about that. Think about your future and, and just be prepared and get prepared today if you're not. All right. Uh, before I move on, I also want to mention our, our sponsor, uh, Coffee Brand Coffee. If you haven't gone to Coffee Brand Coffee yet, please do so. Um, it helps support us. It helps support another great business as well. Um, <coughs> they don't care about your politics. They don't care if you like Joe Biden or not. They don't care if you are the AOC type or if you like Ron DeSantis. They, they, don't, they don't care. They do not care. All they want is your is your money. They want your they, they want your money. They want your business. And in return, they give you a quality product because everything that they do is freshly roasted, individually packaged, and shipped directly to your door. They've got all sorts of great different flavors over there. And if coffee is not your thing, you can, however, get tea or hot chocolate. I've done the hot chocolate because I don't drink coffee myself. Um, so that is something, um, if you're into that kind of thing, I highly recommend it. Um, it is a really, really good product and they're actually, um, right out of Farmington, Utah. So for me, they are actually, it's, it's a local owned company that can ship to you anywhere in the, in the United States. So, um, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Um, whatever you, you, you purchase to your heart's content, you can get 5% off your purchase by using the promo code critical thinking at checkout. Go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. The promo code is critical thinking, and you will get 5% off your purchase at checkout. All right. So I want to get into 
um, this this question that that uh, Andrew had sent me earlier this week, um, and it actually came from um, Rebecca Jones on Twitter. It says, "Radical, you say? Try no." The U.S. is the only country in the world still using a constitution written in the 1700s. Only eight others have constitutions written before 1900. France completely rewrote theirs in 1958, Greece in 1975, Spain in 1978, and Poland in 1997. Okay, good for them. So the question here is, do we need to tear down our constitution and start over? And I, what I thought I would do to, to ultimately answer this question um, is if I were to tear it down and rebuild it, what, what would that look like and, and how much of it would I keep? I think the further question here is, is, is it better to not tear it down and just amend the Constitution? Because when's the last time that we had a constitutional amendment? When is also the last time we had a constitutional convention of states? Try never. Maybe it's time that we do those things rather than completely just tear down our constitution and rather amend the constitution as it stands. That might be the better option. But just for hypothetical sake, I thought I would go through um, each article and and um, just, just briefly, I'm not going to go through like every little thing um but just briefly on each touch on each article and then um any any constitutional amendments that that we might want to change or add to our current constitution now i'm going to preface this by saying i am not claiming to be right with any of these ideas when it comes to this this is something that um, if we were to ever redo or amend our constitution that we should have extensive conversations about this is, this is just one man's opinion, okay? Um, I'm not claiming to be right on any of this, but let's just, let's just get into it. Okay, so Article 1, Section 1. This is all about the powers of Congress, okay? All legislative powers herein are granted to invested in a Congress of the United States which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. Okay, so... In principle, I do agree with this. Um, I think it's it's good to have a voice of the people and a voice of the state. However, when we put in the 17th Amendment, which gave popular vote to um, senators, uh, what was the point of having um, a, a separation of the populace and the state representation? Because that was ultimately the point of, of a bicameral legislature is that the House, in this case, would represent the people. And then the, the Senate would represent the state. Then you'd have two senators from every state. Well, now the senators can win a popular vote rather than how they were elected before or appointed before. So what what is the point of having that? So if you're going to have uh, a, a Senate and a House of Representatives... There needs to be a separation of power there um, in terms of not necessarily just how they function, but how they are also selected. So that is something that I would actually change about Section 1 is that um, I would actually define how they're selected within that section as well. 
I actually do believe it actually in the constitution. It does. It does talk about those things later, um, which is fine too. But if, if we're going to ha- maintain two houses in Congress, what's the point? If, if both are just by a popular vote, that that's all I'm getting at there. Section two, the house of representatives shall be composed of members chosen by every second year of people of the several states and electors of each state shall, uh, shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of, of state legislature. Okay. I wouldn't really change anything here. Um, that makes perfect sense. It's, it's one of those things like when you, when it comes to representatives, the whole point of having elections, especially every two years, especially is if they're doing something wrong, we, the people want to be able to change them out and change them out often. Um, so especially if they do something nefarious, they deceive their, their electors, and then they start doing things that they weren't elected to do. You know, you want to have the ability to change them out and change them out often. Now there is more to section two, but that's all I'm going to touch on just frankly, for the sake of time. Um, section three, uh, the, the Senate of the United States will be composed of two senators from each state chosen by the legislature thereof for six years. And each Senator shall have one vote. That's where I would take especially if, again, this is what I was talking about. If you're going to have two houses of Congress, Senate and the house of representatives, the Senate should be chosen by the state legislature. Let's go back to that. Let's have that separation because honestly, if you call your senator today, they don't really help you in the way that they, you think they do. Your state rep is the one that is supposed to be your voice. The Senate, not so much. They're supposed to be the voice of the state. That's it. Um, section four. And then again, there's a lot more to section three, but I'm, I'm just touching on these very generally. Um, okay. So section four, uh, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations, except as to the place of choosing senators. So what this means is when is your election day? How do you do elections in your state? Okay. Um, there are some states that do this a little differently than others. We have we have states that do primaries. We have states that do caucuses. We have odd states like Virginia that that do their elections uh, every odd year, um, and 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 then they, they the, their their state legislature is is made up a little bit differently than than a lot of others. So um, there there are there are very different states within the United States of how they do this. Um, so that, that is all that, that section four is saying. Okay. I wouldn't change that at all. I think that that's perfectly fine. Section five, each house shall be the judge of elections, returns, qualifications, um, of its own members. And a majority of each shall constitute a quorum to do business, but a smaller number may adjourn from day to day and may be authorized to compel attendance of absent members in such a manner and under such penalties as each house may provide okay so this is basically kind of going back to where they they just they, they verify elections um they they are um determining like qualifications of its own members and so like they are putting in um 
people into certain spots within within that respective house committees, things like that. They are able to vote on these things and make those decisions. Um, in, in other words, uh, each house may determine the rules and proceedings, punish members in disorderly behavior and concurrence uh, of two thirds and expel a member. They can do all that stuff too. That's fine. Like, like all of this seems fine to me in terms of how each house, the Senate and the house representatives want to function, how they make their own rules. Um, in terms of how they function within within those parameters. That's fine. Section 6. The senators and representatives shall receive compensation for their services to be ascertained by law and paid out of the Treasury of the United States. They shall, in all cases, except treason, felony, and breach of peace, be privileged from arrest during the attendance at the session of their respective houses and ongoing or ingoing and returning from the same. And for any speech or debate in either house, they shall not be questioned in any other place. Okay. I have one issue with this. And I think a lot of people are going to agree with with, with this simple idea. Is that, okay, um, they they can have their compensation. I'm, I'm fine with... I had to really think about this one. Because if you're going into an elected office... You're still doing a job. You still have to be able to provide for a family. You still have to um, put food on the table, have a roof over your head. Um, and if you're going back and forth between your respective state and D.C., you know, I, I get it. Like, like things get expensive, um, and they, they should have some kind of compensation. However, I would like to see some kind of clause in here where if there is not a balanced budget, something happens to their compensation, whether that is a uh, proportion of their compensation taken out because there is, there, there isn't budget for it or they lose it altogether. I, I actually could make the argument either way. Um, th- there needs to be something there um, because what, what's going on? We're seeing, we're seeing people get into Congress that, weren't wealthy really to begin with. They might have been okay, but they weren't wealthy to begin with, but then they're retiring millionaires. So how is that possible? And a lot of that comes back to insider training and stuff all that like that too, but I digress. I think there needs to be something here though that that is punitive. If they can't have a balanced budget, um, they need to have a balanced budget in there um, to, to be able to um, have, have fair compensation. Uh, section 7. All bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives. Uh, the Senate may propose or concur with amendments as on other bills. I'm okay with this. I, 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 I've always, um, the House has always had power of the purse. However, they don't use that power as much as they probably should. Um, realistically, uh, the, the only restriction I think here is, you know, they, they can't spend more than what they have. They, you can have power of the purse, but you have to have a balanced budget and you can't spend more money than what you have. Um, because that's part of the reason why we have the national debt issue right now. It's part of the reason why we keep continuing to see the, the national debt ceiling being raised and why we have inflation problems and all that sort of fun stuff. Like I, I, I th- there needs to be, I think just some things there that, okay, yeah, you can have power of the purse, but you also can't spend more money than what you have. Um, I, I think that that would be reasonable. Uh, section eight, the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, 
and excises to pay debts and provide the common defense and general welfare of the United States, but all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. Um, so in other words, to borrow money on credit of the United States, to regulate commerce with foreign nations among several states and with Indian tribes, to establish uniform rule, naturalization, and uh, uniform laws uh, subject to bankruptcies throughout the United States, uh, to coin money, regulate and value thereof in foreign coin, and fix standard of weights and measures, uh, to provide for the punishment of counterfeiting and securities uh, of current coin in the United States, to establish post office and post roads, and there's there's lots more stuff here in Section 8. But... Um, a lot of that, what I just got into, some of it, I would say, I mean, especially when you're dealing with foreign countries um, and trade and commerce, things like that, if if we're going to give Congress the power of the purse, this makes sense. Um, and again, it, there, there also needs to be, you can't spend more than what you have. Um, you, you could also make an argument here, like, oh, you also have to bring in a certain profit margin too. Um, because you know we are here to also make money if we're going to be trading with with foreign entities and things like that there must be a a added benefit there um let's see uh section nine and and i know i there's a lot more i could get into in section eight there's a ton more but i i, I could spend a whole show on that and maybe we'll get into more of that in detail another time but section nine um, the migration or importation of such persons or any states now existing shall uh, think proper to admit shall not be prohibited by Congress prior to the year of 1808, but a tax <coughs> excuse me, or duty may be imposed on such importation, not exceeding $10 for each person. Um, the privilege of writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless when in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. No bill attainer or ex post facto law shall be passed. Um, no no cap, um, capitation or other direct tax law shall be laid uh, unless uh, proportion of the census and enumeration herein uh, before directed or or, or to be taken. Uh, no tax duty shall be laid on the articles exported from any state. Um, and there's there's lots more here. It has again, if if we're giving if we're giving the house the power of the purse, a lot of this does make sense. Um, so I I don't necessarily have a problem here. Um, section ten. Uh, no state may shall enter into a treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark and reprisal, coin, money, emit bills, or credit, make anything but gold and silver, coin, or a tender. In payment of debts, pass any bill or of attainder or ex pass facto law. Basically, all this is saying is states can't create their own money. Um, it, it, you know, we, we all are using the same currency under these United States. Um, okay, fine. That's fine. Um, and, and the only time I could see is like if it's if a if a state decides they want to um, secede from the union. Then, then they can create their own currency if they wish. But, but I, I'm fine. That's fine. All right. So, Article Two. This is all executive powers. Um, 
so most of these I you know I for the sake of time here most of these are, are going to be fine however there hasn't been a separation between the executive and the legislative for some time especially when it comes to things like war for example you know the president must ask Congress for a declaration of war um, and so there, there needs to be that separation of powers. There's, there's way too much power within the executive. If we were going to tear down the Constitution and start again, it would we would want to greatly uh, limit the power of the executive compared to what it is now. Um, because I think that's where a lot of the abuse of power is ultimately um, coming into. Um, president being commander-in-chief is fine. Um you know, Section 3, uh, Congress uh, information of the State of the Union and recommend their um, consideration such as measures of, of judges, things like that. All that's fine. I think that's all a really good balance. Again, I think all in all, Article 2 has a pretty good balance to it. It just, we have to get back to actually following that versus what we've been doing um, for the last several decades um, in terms of presidential power. And Article Three is all about the judiciary. Um, again, all that all this is pretty. You know, I I, I would stick to this. Um, so I I don't think I would change anything when it comes to to that. Article Four, um, full faith and credit shall be given to each public, each state of public acts, records, judicial proceedings of each state um, and Congress may by general prescribed manner, which such acts records and proceedings shall be proved and effects thereof. Um, fine. Uh, the citizens of each state shall be entitled to the privilege of immunities and citizens of several states. Um, uh, fine, I guess too. Uh, there's, there's just a lot here, frankly. Um, New states may be admitted into Congress, into the Union, which is also fine. Like if, if they're we, going through the proper channels, if we're going to annex a state into the Union, um, so that that is that is something that you know just just follow the proper way that we've done it before, and fine. You know um, the uh, and then the last section of this one, um, the United States shall guarantee every state in the Union. Uh, a Republican form of government um, and shall protect each of them against invasion. So basically protecting each and individual state from foreign and domestic violence. Okay, great. Um, Article five, uh, the Congress, whenever two thirds of the house majority shall deem necessary, shall propose amendments to the constitution. Okay. This is, this is simple. It's two thirds majority. Um, I wouldn't change that either. I think I think if you were going to change the Constitution at all, you have to have two thirds majority, um, and this this can come through a convention of states as well. Um, and so again, and you have to have two thirds. I, I think that, that that makes perfect sense. Um, Article six: All debts and contracted and engagements entered into before the adoption of the Constitution shall be as valid against the United States under the Constitution as under the Confederation. So this isn't necessarily, I think, that up because we haven't had the, the Confederation for a long time. Um, so this 
might not necessarily be applicable anymore, but uh, there is more to it here. So this, this constitution and laws, the United States of the pursuance thereof, and all other treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be supreme law of the land, um, and the judges in every state should be bound thereby. So, okay, so it's just saying essentially that um, whatever the the um, laws of the United States, which are, you know, are of, of, of the, that are coming down from like the um, <clears throat> Supreme Court and, and how, how the laws of the United States that are specified within the constitution will be law of the land. So, <clears throat> uh, and then lastly, uh, article seven, um, the ratification of convention of nine states shall be sufficient uh, for the establishment for this constitution between the states of ratifying the same. Uh, the word of being interlined between the eight lines of the first page, the word 30 being partly written um, and an erasure of the 15th line of the first page of the words is tried being interlined between 32nd and 33rd lines of the page of the word of the being interlined. <clears throat> wow, that's a lot of words. Interlined between the 40. Okay. So in other words, it's basically saying the constitution can be ratified by nine states. And that was applicable to the time. I believe that this was written. So, <clears throat> um, because that would have given them, I believe two thirds majority. So, um, Getting into the amendments here really quick. Uh, the only one that I, I know of that I would change right now is the 17th Amendment, and that is the election of senators and how they're elected. I would put that back on the state legislatures. Um, that way you actually have a represent, representation of state and a representation of, of the people um, within Congress um, as, as it was originally designed. I, I honestly would do that. Um if we were going to tear this down and, and redo some things, though, um, I think with the First Amendment, with some of the things that we have seen in recent years, I would want further protections for um, religious liberty. Um, in other words, I, I should be able to pray in public, at least to my for, um, just by myself, quietly, and not be ostracized for it. We've seen cases like that happen. We've seen things like the, the Colorado Baker words, bake the cake bigot. Um, and, and not wanting to participate in a gay wedding, um, and not have his business being a part of that. I think, I think we could elaborate on some more of those things within, um, the first amendment and, and, and add those layers of protections. Um, I think it's the same thing can come down to speech. I think speech flat out is just protected. It is protected. It's something that shouldn't be used against you in terms of, um, Anything short of, of acts of violence shouldn't be used against someone. Um, at least in terms of employment, um, unless there are certain kinds of employment. Maybe I mean, th there's there's arguments to be made here. There are certain things that, that we could um, have out with speech. But I think there are issues with speech where we could have that conversation of, is it absolute or not? Um, the right to bear arms. Um, if anything, the only thing I would I would change here is just to update the language to be more modern. But other words, shall not be infringed, period. Point blank, amen. That's it. 
Um, and then I'm just going to kind of skip around here. I mean, the rest of the, the Bill of Rights, I, I, I think, are pretty solid. Um, let's see. Uh, income tax. I think we get rid of that altogether. That That's just no. No income tax. Hashtag taxation is theft. Um, the 22nd Amendment, where it's two term limits on the presidency. Uh, I, while I'm okay with this, I'm okay with having term limits on the presidency. What I'm saying is let's put in an amendment that puts term limits on members of Congress as well. Um, that should be in there. Um, and then with congressional compensation, which being the 27th amendment, um, the, I would go back to this. You have to have a balanced budget. There must be a balanced budget a clause or even amendment in of itself in its own right that that must be there. And, and in, that should have an impact on how um, Congress is compensated. They, they can't spend more money than what they have. They can't. They must have a balanced budget. They must be able to regulate our money correctly. So not just spend, 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 spend ourselves into oblivion and... Um, not even make even make cuts from time to time because there's going to be things that are going to become unnecessary over time. So I want to go back to my original question here of, is it time to tear down the constitution and rebuild? My answer is ultimately after going through everything and, and seeing how well, how well the founders laid out the constitution is ultimately no, no, it is not. If anything, I could make the case of, Maybe it's time to make amendments. Maybe maybe we could make some amendments here, but I would want to see that happen through a convention of states, not um, through Congress. Um, because I I just I just I couldn't I can't trust co- our politicians to get this right. I can't I can't do it. So I would much rather see this come through a convention of states. Um. Which, by the way, we've been heading down that, that road of Convention of States for many years now, and it's getting closer and closer all the time. Um, so hopefully uh, more states will continue to to join that conversation and um, be a part of that so that we could actually have these honest, real debates about our Constitution and, and what should or shouldn't be in there at this point. Um, I'm, open to, I'm open to the, the, the conversation of... Hey, let's make some amendments. Let's make some adjustments for modern times. Um, but it also cannot be something that is only beneficial to one party and not to another. Um, it, it, so, in other words, let's just take the Second Amendment, for example. If you don't like guns, don't own guns. That's fine. I support your right to do that. But just don't tell someone else that they can't. Um, and then those that, that violate those rights and they, they you know commit crimes like murder and terrorism and things like that, then they're stripped of those rights. But uh, you can't you can't take you can't you can't hold good law abiding citizens accountable for things that they didn't do. So that, that's all I'm saying there. Um, so it's it's ultimately my, my answer is no, we don't need to tear it down. But we may need to have a conversation about amending the Constitution. I also think it would be worth having a conversation of, do we need to expand representation within Congress? 
Now, I, I, I could, why would we want to add more politicians to Congress? I'm not saying we should. Um, I'm not saying I'm, I'm even a fan of the idea. I have a, a very healthy distrust of all things politicians at this point. There are politicians I like, but I do not completely trust them. Though, why would I continue to send more people to D.C.? Maybe for the sake of representation here at home in each individual state. That, that is what I, the, the argument I would make in for, for it. But I also can see the argument against it. So that, that could also be a conversation worth having as well. Because I think a lot of it comes down to is a lot of people just don't feel represented anymore. They don't. And so maybe it's time to have conversations like that to, to make people feel more represented within, within Congress. Um, within the D.C. circuit, if you will. So, anyway. All right, well, tomorrow is going to be a um, best, worst take of the week. Oh, we'll, we'll get to play the beer, not the beer. We'll crown a new richer of the week. And then we will also um, throw the worst into the fryer um, and stuff like that as well. And so, um, it'll again, it'll be me tomorrow. Andrew is out for the rest of the week as he's recovering from knee surgery. But until tomorrow, don't get lost. Remember who you are. And no means no. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.